Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 39 of our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com, the No Huddle Show. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by Elliot Stewart Parks and Mark Echo. On this episode, we're going to dive into how to improve the Eagles in the future, really a little short term, but really the long term too, how to improve the outlook of this team that Bavada just came out with the over-under. It's not pretty for 2016. They've set themselves up with a quarterback of the future but there's still some more work to do. So we'll get the plan from Elliot, from Mark on this show about how to improve the long-term outlook of the Eagles. And I have a feeling we're going to touch on two popular names to talk about their short-term and long-term futures with the Eagles and how the team could position themselves better for when Carson Wentz is ready to take over as starting quarterback. Uh, and we'll debate about it. Elliot, how you doing, bud? Doing good. Looking forward to uh, making the Eagles a playoff team again. Well, I think they need some help there. So we'll, we'll try to do that. <laughs> Mark, how are you? I'm great. You know, the Eagles right now, they're probably not great. You know, they're, they're, I think their future with Carson Wentz is looking up compared to where, where it was a couple of weeks ago. But if you go by the over-unders or just what people think of them, they're, you know, they're not a team that I think we look at and say, you know, they're going to win 10 games, no doubt about it. They have some work to do. So, so let's get into it. Elliot, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Mark, and, and I'll throw out some ideas too. What's a couple things you would do, whether it be outside the organization or just, you know, decisions they can make within the team? to improve what you think they look like right now? I'll start with one that I'm sure everybody is expecting. But the first one I would do is I would trade or cut Sam Bradford. That would be my first go-to move. I just think, especially after watching the, the last two uh, practices have been open to the media, I mean, I think Carson Wentz is going to be ready to play. I think he looked better than Bradford did in the last practice. I don't think learning the playbooks can be an issue for him. And I really think having Bradford on the roster is just holding this team back. I mean, if you win 10 games with him next year, what does it really mean? If you don't, what was the point of playing him anyway? I think it's going to be a distraction. We've, we've exhausted the Bradford discussion to death, really. But that would be my first move. If I became Howie Roseman today, my first move would just tell Sam Bradford he's going to get his wish and he's, he's not going to be on the roster. Yeah, I think that's one that everyone's probably thinking about. I mean, do you think there's a date, like a point of no return where – I'm sure they're probably hoping, and well, not hoping is the right word, but they're waiting to see if you know there's an injury to another quarterback mm-hmm. in camp, and they could, you know, they could find a spot for Bradford possibly. I mean, do you think there's a point where, do you think there's a date where if they would go with your plan, they would do it, and then if they won't go with your plan, then he'll be here? Like, do you think there's a point where they're not going to cut him if we get to August, whatever? Like, you see what I'm trying to uh, say? I don't think they want to get rid of him, <laughs> so I don't think there is a date. I mean, like, look if. The team, like uh, team, like maybe the Miami Dolphins or somebody, yeah, you know. That's team I always. Yeah, exactly. That, that's your team you always use, right? So if, if a team like, uh, you know, I don't know, not, like if a team out there loses their quarterback, calls Eagles, and just simply blows them out of the water, like maybe the Arizona Cardinals or something like that, then then I think the Eagles will consider. It. And I think the reason why is because at that point they'll have seen three weeks of Carson Wentz in training camp. They will have seen him all summer. They will have seen him in presumably uh, preseason games. So then I think you could see them, maybe the Eagles more open moving him. But I don't think this is an instance where the Eagles didn't like the – the Eagles were willing to move him, but, you know, the, the Broncos' offer wasn't good enough. I mean, I think that was part of it. But I think the Eagles want to keep Sam Bradford. So putting a date on it, I mean, I, I don't really think there is one. I think that unless they're blown away by an offer, they're, they do not want to move Sam Bradford. Yeah, I don't think that – I don't think the date is, is in stone. I think it's more the offer. I, yeah, and – What's the difference with it? I, I think the date is the, the trade deadline. Whenever the trade, I mean, I I could see them moving him if the right offer comes two weeks into the season. If 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 in game if week you know 
I'll use my example to Miami Dolphins. If Ryan Tannehill gets knocked out for the season in week two, I don't know who the Dolphins play week two, but he gets knocked out for the season and the Dolphins call the Eagles that Monday and and say, hey, you know, what, what would it take to get, you know, to get Bradford? I think the Eagles are all, are all ears at that point. And why not? I mean, I, I'm not so sure they don't want to move him like like Elliot says. I mean, I don't think they they don't want to give him away, but they have. See, this is when we get to my plan. I, I can't. I don't think the way the Eagles are thinking. Right. I'm my thoughts on this team are probably the exact opposite of Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and whoever else Doug, Doug Peterson. I guess what their thoughts are. So I have a hard time trying to think like they do because I just don't agree with what I don't agree with anything they've done and I don't I just I don't (laughs) we'll see who's right maybe they're right and I'm wrong but we'll find out soon enough for this particular part of the the plan because I think probably all three of us have something on the quarterback let's all throw it out there at once so Elliot you say cut or trade Sam Bradford and start Carson Wentz right yeah absolutely that would definitely be what I would do all right. I, from from my perspective on the quarterback, I would at least for right now make Sam Bradford earn the job because I, I think at some point here it's going to get awkward and messy if he's being outperformed by either Daniel or Wentz in training camp. And because you know, the players know, I mean, and I think it's just it's a farce if he doesn't have to earn the job if he's not the best quarterback. Mark, so, so you would be okay with the situation of him sitting on the bench healthy in Week One? Yeah, if he if he's not the best quarterback, I, mean, I don't care about his feelings, and if he wants to pout and go home. He could do that. He can do whatever he wants. There, no. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. You can't. There isn't a. You can't have eighteen million dollars of quarterback sitting on the bench. I think why? I think they will at some point this year, Mark. Well, that's that's insane. That's absolutely. Well, if he's hurt, that's why this organization is so inept. You can't have eighteen million dollars or more than that, really, sitting on the. That's crazy. But I think at some point this year, even if it doesn't happen at a training camp, like if my plan doesn't come to fruition and they just do what they want to do, I think by November, Wentz is the quarterback. Like that's the way I've seen it the whole time. So at some point, we're we're heading down that path. At least I see it that way. And my counter to my my that's why you got to get rid of advocate. You get rid of him before it happens. I agree with that. The only thing I'll say to support Joe is they got to pay him that money no matter what. (laughs) I mean, but he had to look at. <laughs> no, but I'm saying whether he's on the field or on the bench, upset. they have to give him that money. So I think to force no, wait, wait, him on wait, the field. What do you mean? If they trade him to Miami, Miami's paying him the rest of the money, right? But but as much as we're both talking about, we would trade him. The chances of them trading him at this point. I mean, we talked about this at the OTA practice. What team is going to be in such a situation where, in week two or you know the third week of training camp, they need a quarterback, think they can win now, and then decide Sam Bradford is the guy for them? Like I. I can't imagine, like... Because he might be the only guy. I mean, no one else is looking to... to, I mean, I don't think there's another... What other other veteran quarterback is on the market right now that you could get? Ryan Fitzpatrick. I guess what I'm saying is... Yeah, okay. For now. Who who did you say? Ryan Fitzpatrick. For now, yeah. Yeah, for now. Okay. But but the counter would be Sam Bradford's going to have to come in and learn that offense. I mean, like, and he's never even won before anyway. I don't know. I mean... I just I, I, I'm, I think the chances of being traded are very very slim. Well, then he's here, right? I, mean, you're, I agree. I'm just following your plan. You you start the plan by saying trade Sam Bradford. I said bravo. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just saying to Joe. I'm surprised Joe, if given the option, would would keep him on the roster. That that's what I'm saying. 
Oh, no, I, I don't think I would. I just don't think it's realistic. So I mean, I, if Wentz beats him out in preseason, which they might not let Wentz beat him out in preseason, mm-hmm. let's say, like you say, Joe, it's obvious that Wentz is clearly – and I'm not saying this is going to happen because Wentz still has a ways to go. As, sure. you know, he looks good throwing the ball against the air, and he looks good. He, had, he obviously has a strong arm, all those things that we that we, we do know about him. But it's a lot different when team when defenses are game planning and blitzing and doing all kind of other things to you. But let's just say it's clear after watching four preseason games and and camp and everything else that, oh man, it's not even close. Carson Wentz is definitely better than, than Sam Bradford. And they, and they, and they, and the Eagles come to that, that, okay, yeah, we're going to opening day, Cleveland Browns, Carson Wentz is starting. That's going to be a disaster. I mean, that's going to be, wow, I hope that happens, man. That would be unbelievable. That would be a great story. But I, right. wow. <laughs> Yeah, it would be fa- it'd be fascinating to watch. I-, I guess my point really was if they're going to keep Sam, if they're not going to trade him or release him, which I I tend to agree with you, Elliot. I, I think that it would be best for the team if they did that. But if they're going to keep him, I would at least make him earn the job. Uh, like what we've heard the whole time is, you know, Sam shows back up. It's his team. He's the quarterback, and I just think that's silly. Like make him earn I the agree. job, and if he wins it, you know, whatever he wins but shouldn't it. Shouldn't that be a- shouldn't that be every position? Yeah, but it's not about yeah. the tight end job, right? I mean, he's probably going to because he's the best tight end on the team. But Lane Johnson should earn it. I mean, all the everybody should have to earn it. But you have to say somebody's your starter. Peterson came out and said Alan Barber's my 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 starting guard. But let's be honest: if Barber's terrible in camp, and you know the the kid from Oregon State starts looks pretty good, guess guess what? The kid from Oregon State's going to beat him out, right? You would, you think, would think, so. think so. Do you think that hurts any of uh, the credibility of Peterson as a coach if he says these things and then it changes? Or is that just reality that if you get beat, you get beat, even if the coach says you're the starter? Listen, I've seen a lot of quote-unquote training camp starters lose their job. I mean, that's that's what came. If that was the case, you wouldn't even need all these OTAs and stuff. You know, I mean, just start to see, you know, have a couple weeks of practice and start the season. I mean, is it, you know. No, that's what camp's for, 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 for backups to try to beat out starters, for, for guys that aren't supposed to make the team. I mean, every year there's two or three guys that we have, you know, we don't, we don't even talk about now, but then all of a sudden come August, hey, wow, this guy's he's going to make the team. We've seen it every year. I mean, every year I've covered a team, there's been at least one, if, and lately more than one, surprise guy that makes the team and somebody gets cut that you didn't see, you didn't see it happening. I mean, I, you know, that's just the nature of, of the business. That's what, that's what it's about. That's what competition is all about. You know, they, they wouldn't have 90 guys there if they knew who the 53 were, were going to be. No, they wouldn't. And that, that, that's why every summer, you know, we go into this thing kind of with an open slate. Uh, Elliot, outside the Bradford thing, give us a couple more of your, uh, your plans for the Eagles to improve here. Okay, so the, the next one, if we're going to stick with just, you know, obvious hot topic ones, I would trade Fletcher Cox. I know this is one Mark is going to disagree with no, me on. Yeah, I disagree strongly. All right. Okay, well, well here's, here'll, be my, here'll be my argument towards it. One, I don't want to give him $60 million guaranteed. Two, I think to. you could get a really good first-round pick for him, probably top 10-ish. And they don't have a first-round pick next year. Three, I don't think this team is going to compete next year, or maybe the year after, but probably definitely not this year, in my opinion. And to me, having a defensive lineman that makes that much money on a team that's going to only win four or five games, like having a really good closer on a bad team. It's just like not a good use of your resources. Um, I know you can keep on the roster for two years and just see what happens. So maybe that would be another way I would go with it. But I think because they don't have a first-round pick next year, 
I would at least explore the option of trading him. I can't disagree more. Fletcher Cox, he's 25 years old. He's he's not much older than the guy you're going to take in the first round next year with that pick. And you trust Howie Roseman will 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 make a better pick with that pick than than Fletcher than than what you already have in Fletcher Cox. I don't. But the guy he's, you're going to take, you can take Marcus Smith again. They got lucky with Fletcher Cox. Don't blow it now. Don't don't trade your best. I'm never I'm never in favor of a team trading its best player. And Fletcher Cox is their best player, and he's 25. If he's 30, we got we're, we're talking different story. The Eagles, if they ever get good again, and they they hope they will with Carson Wentz, right? Well, Fletcher Cox will still be a, a an impactful player if and when the team gets gets good. I'm not trading him. I'll trade him for. I mean, if you not nobody's untradeable. I mean, you give right. me. Bunch of stuff. I mean, I'm not gonna. I, I can't say no. I mean, but for just a first round pick next year, which I don't even know where it's going to be because you trade him to the, to a team that you think might be bad, but now they get Fletcher Cox and they're better. And that pick that you thought was top ten is now twenty two. So now, now what do you get? Now Let you me get- ask you this. Let me ask you this. So you don't think the Eagles are going to be good next year, right? No, You've been pretty clear about that. Yeah, right? Okay. So so let's say the Cleveland Browns say they'll give you back your first round pick and their second round pick. So you go into next year. Your own first round pick and two second round that, picks. That's a pretty good offer. That's a pretty good right. offer. I think that's a very good offer. But again, yeah. what? How do you? Know? All right, let me ask you this: of the players in this this past draft, who would you trade Fletcher Cox straight up for? Okay, but but here here's the here's why I think we disagree. I, I'm not saying that Fletcher Cox. Uh, yeah, you you know, there's a very good chance in next year's draft he, he could end up being the best player. Then why would you trade if he, <laughs> Because I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's such a difference maker that he's worth the eighteen million dollars a year. Whereas that rookie that I'm going to get at you know three, four, five, six, seven, whatever is only going to cost me three or four million dollars a year. You get what you pay for. Well, not with the rookie class. The the Colts had one of the best quarterbacks in the league for his first years at, at at a rookie salary. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But you got to first of all, you got to get. I'm not trading my best player. <laughs> then that, that, that other team would have no good players. <laughs> no, I'm not trading Fletcher Cox for. No, I'm just not. I'm not trading. I'm not. I'm not trading Fletcher Cox. The money is the money. First of all, you don't have to. You have him for two more years at a at a reasonable rate. So forget. Right. To, take that money out. Take the money out of out of the, the equation right now. He's not going anywhere this year. He can't go anywhere. What's he going to do? All right, so maybe maybe I should rephrase. I would still support trading, but I agree that I wouldn't. I would not re-sign him to a massive deal. I'll say that. Well, I would not massive, do that. You, I mean, massive is in the eye of, you know, depends on what you think massive is. I mean, he, he could get fair market value for a player of, of his ilk. I wouldn't give him a deal where his salary cap hit exceeded, I don't know, $10 million, was, $11 million. salary cap, but yet, you, but yet you gave Chase Daniels $7 million. The guy can't. All right, well, I don't. I disagree with that move, too. <laughs> but my point well, is. You gave Zach Ertz all kinds of. What's he done? You gave Lane yeah, Johnson. I, see, but I think, Zach Ertz, I think Zach Ertz could end up having a better, a bigger impact on the team than Fletcher Cox. Oh, you're, you're brain dead. Fletcher Cox, how many games did he win for them last year? More than Zach Ertz did. Okay, but I, I'm saying could be. Like, the New Orleans like, game. He dominated the, the New Orleans game. Yeah, and you said yourself that, that was, was a bad, third string. Guess what game he won? That was the game. What game I don't think he won. Play? I don't think he won that game for him. Wasn't that a shootout? If I'm not mistaken. No, the second half, New Orleans didn't score. Okay, well then they must have scored a bunch in the first half. Uh-huh. Wasn't that the final score in the thir- like thirty something to twenty something? 
Regardless, my point is he's a defense. If you think tackle. Zach Ertz is better than Fletcher Cox, you're crazy. No, I don't think Zach Ertz is better than Fletcher Cox. And That's I like what I'm saying. He's a good, he's a good no, tight end. I'm talking about purely positions here. I don't think the defensive tackle can impact the game the way a tight end can. Oh, in my yeah. opinion. Well, I mean, look around the look look around the league. I mean, why did I mean you know, <laughs> you you need a defensive line. You don't okay, but look, I mean tight ends are a dime a dozen. I mean, but I would just say if you look at the best tight ends in the league and you compare them to the teams they're on compared to the teams that the best defense tackles are on, I mean Kansas City, a playoff yeah, Washington, team. Washington had the best tight, tight end in the league last year, maybe. Jordan Reed. And they were a playoff. They were a playoff. They, went, they didn't beat a team with a winning record. Green Bay blew okay, them out. But, 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 right. tight end. Okay, but name a team that had one of the best defensive tackles in the league. JJ I mean, and they won, the, they, they won their division. All right, that's one. Same as Watts. All right, right. and I, Miami and I do Dolphins think JJ Watts probably JJ Watts probably on a different level than. Oh yeah, yeah he's yeah. way better than Fletcher Cox. <laughs> let me let me ask this. Let me throw this point in there with with the Fletcher he's Cox. Twenty five years old. That's, that's I have right. said be- I have said before that you know if there is a point where I think you, you're paying a defensive tackle too much and how much that's how my that point. Impact, right. How does that impact the salary cap? I do think that's a little bit mitigated now because they'll have Carson Wentz on a rookie deal, right? So. So they could, in theory, pay. Well, you still have Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel. Well, I'm yeah, just saying. No, I mean, I if they're restarting your roster, I agree. But right, but you know, eventually they'll probably just have you know Wentz more on you know a cheap deal, and you could probably pay Cox more. When I was thinking about how to improve the Eagles in the future here, Fletcher Cox, I would almost like I don't want this thing to drag on to next year because I have a feeling if he has another big year, he's just going to you know want more money going into next season. You might have to franchise tag him, and then. Then it just gets messy. Like I, if the Eagles really want to keep him, which I, I would imagine they do, I would try to get it done this summer. And if they can't, then I would start thinking about maybe he's not going to be here long term. More towards your plan, Elliot. Like I would try to get it done and try to come up with a reasonable deal for both sides. But if he says no and wants to hold out the whole year, then I start worrying that you know he's going to have a gigantic year and, and the contract number is going to get silly. Like, is there a point where he gets paid too much, Mark? Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, he can't. I mean, again, we don't know what's being talked about. We we're all guessing, just like we were guessing that the deal was going to get done because a lot of people thought so, including his teammates and people around him. So we don't know. We have no idea what the Eagles have offered, what their best offer has been. We have no idea what him and his agent are asking for. I'm going to say that I think they're both sides are being reasonable. I mean, they 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 both see what everybody else is getting, right? I mean, they. I don't think I don't. I hope Fletcher isn't asking to become the highest paid defensive player in the game because he hasn't earned that. But I got to think the Eagles aren't also aren't lowballing him to the point where you know they're offering him you know something that there's no way he's going to accept. I mean, the Eagles for Howie Roseman's part, if anything, he overpays. He, I mean, well, I, you well, know, or he, you know, he he pays guy. I mean, the guys I mentioned that that, that I mean, Case Daniel, I can't get over that. You know, even Bradford. Zach Ertz, Lane Johnson, Vinnie Curry—they've all gotten pretty good deals without having. When none of them have ever made a Pro Bowl, right? Right. I don't think the Eagles are lowballing Fletcher. I don't either. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. All right. So I've said I would not give him a deal where his salary cap hit was over like. I would ideally like it less than ten, but I'd probably be willing to go up to like twelve. Like, well, not comfortably though. I don't think. I don't think the agent cares. I mean, that's for the Eagles to worry about. Cap, no, but know, we're, we're talking about if we were running the team and you, this is a move you would make. Would yeah, you, wh- where, where would you stop the, the number at for the salary cap? Because if they give him 60 guaranteed, 
the first year it might be a little lower, but I think a lot of the deals I've looked at for defensive tackles, the annual salary or the annual cap hit exceeds $16, $17 million, $18 million. So would you feel comfortable having Fletcher Cox take up $18 million worth of your salary cap? That's a lot. 18 is a little high. I wouldn't want to go as high as 18. I would go more than 10, though. Um, right, well, how that's what I'm asking. Well, I'm what what Eagles, would your number be? I'm 12 to 14. Okay. But again, We're if I'm running the Eagles, I don't, have, I don't have the albatross of Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel on my salary cap either. So I have well, a You do at least this year. I, but I wouldn't. I would never have right, made We're them. talking about fixing the team from here on out. Like, I agree with you. The Chase Daniel contract is bad. Some I would not have re-signed Bradford. Well, that's why but I would just keep Cox this year. This year, I say, Fletcher, you're playing for $8 million. Sorry, bud. All right. So, all right, so that's what you would do. And well, I'm, I don't disagree. That would, that would be my second option. But I mean, I'd like to get a first deal. would be to see if I could get a good deal for him. I would like to get a good deal done with him. But if, it, if it's not going to happen, he plays for $8 million this year, and we worry about next year, next year. So, so they have to, there's the, really the three plans. That Elliot, you stay trade him. Mark, you want to you know kind of wait till I'll next keep, year. Uh, my my plan is this: I can, I'm keeping Carson Wentz. I'm keeping Fletcher Cox. Anybody else is fair game. I, so, I so if the Browns called you right Wentz. now, if the Browns called you right now, and after your first round pick back and a second round pick, you would say no. And I I'd think about that. That's pretty. Yeah, because he's just a defensive tackle. That, that's that's stupid to say. He's just. I don't think it's, it's like Brian Dawkins. That's that's like when Joe Banner would tell me Brian Dawkins is just a safe. Okay, but what, did Joe Banner really tell you that? Because that's ridiculous. He said. Right, let me. Well, let me ask this though, and you can speak to this more than I can. Because I mean, well, I watch I watch Brian Dawkins play, but you covered him. Would you agree that he was more of a game changer than Fletcher Cox? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so that's my like. <laughs> All right, so it's not. <laughs> but Fletcher like, Cox is still pretty darn good. Do you think? Do you do you think Fletcher Cox is a is a game changer? Yeah, he can be. Back in a four three, yeah, he he, he can be. I mean, Seth Joyner, who you know as well as I do now, right? You, you work with him a lot. I, I knew him as a player. Said today he's a, he, he's Jerome Brown. Well, Jerome Brown damn sure was a game changer. Okay, do you think he's Jerome Brown? Me personally, no, but I I think Seth I'm I will defer to Seth Joyner who Yeah, who, I mean I agree. I was played and was Jerome Brown's best friend and played behind him for most of his all of Jerome's career. When I when I hear somebody like Seth say that, I have to think maybe I'm you know, maybe Fletcher Cox is better than I, I think he's very good. Other people think he's great, great good. I all I know is he's the best player on the this team. I don't think you think he's going to win four games. Yeah, because the offense stinks. They have a bad head coach, and you know it's not his fault. That's kind of my point. It's like it's like why if you can do you build around him? You don't. But you. That's my point. You shouldn't. My point is, and they have a quarterback now, so it's a bit of a different story. We don't do that when they have a young guy that might be. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I should say that they have a quarterback they want to build around. Like, like if if Carson Wentz wasn't on the roster, I'd even heavier into saying trade him because then I think I would my. Follow up would be next year you draft a quarterback high, you have a better chance of getting one. But they already have the quarterback to build around. But you said build around Fletcher Cox. I don't think Fletcher Cox, because of the position he plays, is somebody you build around. Well, who would you build around on defense? If, if not, no, if, I don't think there's anybody. anybody on the, on I don't defense. think there's anybody on the defense worth building around right now. Well, if you would like, if you had like a stud linebacker or like oh, a. No, no, defensive linemen are more important than linebackers, especially in a 4 3. Yeah, I, maybe. 
I mean, I'm like we're shut down that, corner. I just this past draft, you could have any player in this past. Well, you, you already got Carson Wentz. San Diego calls you and says, "We'll give you Joey Bosa for for Fletcher Cox." What do you say? I can take any player in the past draft or Fletcher Cox. Well, yeah, any team's gonna you could Fletcher any every team says we'll trade you our the guy that we took for Fletcher Cox. Who do you, who 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 you take? And I have the Eagles roster. Like I'm the Eagles. yeah yeah. You're you're Howie Roseman. Okay. Somebody calls you and says, "Hey, you want to trade Fletcher Cox? We'll give you the guy that we just took in the first round." I would trade him for Ezekiel Elliott. Oh God! Why? Hey. He's a because Ezekiel I, I, Elliott I, I, is at least gonna... you don't build around. And I like Ezekiel Elliott, but running back but Ezekiel Elliott's not going to cost me eighteen million dollars a year. The cost factor. The cost factor. Oh, the, to me, that's the. Obviously, the, the, the Eagles don't care about that. They overpaid everybody. Right, but eventually but you can't. You eventually right you can't overpay everybody, right? Like eventually, <laughs> this comes back to get you if you keep. I like Fletcher Cox, and I think the Eagles, with the fact that Wentz will be their quarterback, I think makes it more likely they keep him because eventually Bradford's not going to be around, and eventually you could spend extra money on a, a kind of an off position because you'll have the quarterback on the rookie deal. I just wonder. And your running back, you're not paying any running back any money either. Right, I, I'm just saying to go back to, to to end the Cox conversation. I'm just, I think at some point it comes to a a point where you say, is this not going to happen? Like I would make him an offer this summer, a real legitimate offer in the range that he probably thinks he's worth. And if he says no, right. it, con- it would concern me because then you either have to go to free agency next year or franchise him, and then you're in a that does you know the franchise tag just kills your cap for the next year. So uh, I do think it's a story. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't want it to get ugly. If it gets ugly, then you get then then you have to do something. Right. All right, Mark. Give us a couple of your uh, your. How would you improve the team? Give us well, a couple. Here, of your all right. My my take is this on this team. No, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I think they have a hope for the future with with Carson Wentz. So I what my my plan is pretty simple. I go down, I go down the roster and I look at one one number, date of birth. If you're born before 1987, um, you're available. I don't want any. I don't want anybody on this team that's 30 or 30 or more because by the time we're good, you're not going to be any good. So Darren Sproles, Jason Peters, um, Alan Barber, I got to move on. Get what get what I can, or just let them. This team has to get young. I mean, and they and they have gotten young in a, in a lot of a lot of areas. But I just have to look. I, I, I can't worry about 20. And I think that's the problem the Eagles have right now. This is where my theory and their theory are so different. I think the, the Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, that group, they think they can win this year. And maybe, they, maybe they're right and I'm wrong. But I think they, they're, they're looking at this year as, oh, we can, win, we can win the NFC East and we can be in the playoffs and we can do this. And I don't see it. So my plan is looking ahead to 2017. And everything I do this year is geared toward 2017, which is why I want to move on from Bradford, why I want to get Carson Wentz in there now. Because let's be honest, if Wentz doesn't play this year, then next year is a bad year too because then he's a rookie. He's basically a rookie. So that year's not going to be – you wouldn't expect him to come. I mean, hey, hey anything, anything's possible. But I'd rather him have some, have some experience going into 2017. Um, and again, with the defense, I want, I, I want Fletcher Cox. I want him signed, sealed, happy, the leader of my defense, putting some guys like Vinny Curry around them, um, and just move on and get get young and good, get young and better, and 
whatever. I mean, I, I wish I had that pick next year, but that's that's I can't do nothing. I can't do anything about that. So you could trade Fletcher Cox. And then I, then I open another big hole in the defense. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm Let kidding. me ask you guys this, because just to go off your point, Mark, and I think we've touched on this before, that it almost feels like the Eagles franchise is trying to fast forward to 2017, but you know, 2016 has to happen. How do you guys, and, and each of you, um, I mean, Mark, you've, you've been covering the team for you know, longer than Elliot. You've been around the team through different eras, winning and losing. Uh, Elliot, uh, obviously, you know, we all interact with fans differently and in different ways, but all the time. I want to get both of your perspectives on how do you think the fan base would react if the Eagles basically did what I think both of you were saying in different ways, which is forget 2016 and do everything you can to get this team ready to start winning in 2017 and 2018. Like football fans don't usually, because I think because it's such a short season and usually teams could compete right away or, or have surprise years. Like baseball fans in Philadelphia, they're kind of okay with this. Basketball fans in Philadelphia have been really okay with this for years. How do you think Eagles fans would handle it if the team followed either of your plans, which I think is basically the same thing? Don't worry so much about this year. Set the team up for the next couple years. Do you think Elliott fans would be okay with it? Or when the team was 3-8 and because of this, they'd be pissed? I think they would be okay with it, and... Part of the reason is, or a small part, I should say, but I do think the fact that in the same city you have the Sixers that did the same thing, and there's been so much debate. And, you know, I know the portion of people that really support the Sixers, they're probably all Eagles fans, but it's a lot different than the core of the Eagles fans, which is just a different group of people. But, I mean, I would just say, I think because there's been so much debate about how you rebuild and all that, I think it wouldn't be such a foreign concept to them. But, I mean, I, I I honestly think it would have a lot to do with the quarterback position. I think if they said... If they, you know, you're, they're never going to say we're, you know, rebuilding. But if they started Carson Wentz, I don't think it really matters what they do around him. Now, if you like start to sell off pieces, you know, like trade Jason Peters or trade Darren Sproles and, you know, do things like that, and then you still have Sam Bradford, then I think there could be some frustration because it'll be play the rookie, play the rookie, play the rookie. But I think as long as Wentz is playing this year, they could go two and 14 or whatever. And I think people will at least be interested in seeing him play every year. Now, if Wentz plays 16 games and they're really, really bad, then I think there could be some debate about if Wentz is really good. And you can debate how whether that's even fair. But whatever. I just mean, I just don't think there'd be any backlash of them not being a good team if Carson Wentz is playing. Yeah, I'm with that's this that's the best thing you said all day. <laughs> no, I agree hundred percent. If they're if Wentz starts, even if even if he doesn't start opening day, but he's in there sooner than everyone expects, I don't think the fans the fans will give Carson Wentz every excuse, every second chance, every whatever whatever words you, you, you want to use. He can lose games. He's a rookie. I mean, talk to a Tennessee Titan fan if you can find one. Like, you know, call <laughs> Chip and Kelly. Nashville, Knoxville, and find, I mean, they're they're yeah. The Titans were the worst team in football last year, right? But they're they're happy. They they have Marcus Mariota. They 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 see a future, a quarterback. They and then they, you know they they're okay. They know that they're they're going to get better. They got to put, they got to put some pieces around them now, and but they got their quarterback. Tampa Bay, they're you know they had a bit. They didn't they weren't very good last year, but they have their quarterback. They know they, they that problem one is solved. Same with the Eagles. If the Eagles are three and nine with Sam Bradford, oh, they'll be they'll be people will not be happy. Or even if, if Bradford plays the whole year and, and they go 4-12, and 5-11, and 11, no, that's a waste of time, waste of year, waste of ticket money. Because 
if you're going to lose, if you're going to be bad, be young and bad because it, then you so, might get better. My only counter to what Mark said about trading players that are older, my own, and I'm okay with it, and I would probably do it. My only counter would be like, okay, Darren Sproles, I would trade for anything just because I don't think losing him impacts ruts, the roster whatsoever. Like Jason Peters, I mean, if someone gave me a sixth or seventh round pick, I don't think I would do it just because I don't think they have a capable, even like a remotely capable backup. So while I agree with the concept of your plan, there are certain positions where I'm just like, I, you know, I don't want to get Carson Wentz one, killed. Man. He's the only one. Yeah, he's probably the only. Yeah, he's probably but, is the only. You know, one. What, what are you gonna do when he? What are you gonna do then when he when he breaks down in week four? Well, but at least he's right. Done. But I'm just saying, yeah, Jason Peters is done. So I don't think that as much. As anybody that thinks he's going to play 16 games is fooling himself. No, he's he's not going to play 16 games, but I think he can play at a higher level than he did last year. That I don't. He's a year older with with, with more injury. I've seen. So, him. so what would be what would be your price tag for Jason Peters? Whatever I can get, high is bitter. And then so Lane Johnson so, plays left tackle. Is that yes. the way it would work? Yep. You would do it even if it was for like a conditional seventh. Like you just want no, him I, off the. I roster. don't want that. That's embarrassing. Give me a young linebacker. Give me a one of you know a guy that I think on on your roster that isn't maybe not even play, starting for you, but I like him. He's young. He's twenty three years old, and I can at least you know maybe I think I can coach him up, and he'd be good. Like, give me a young corner, a young linebacker, a young offensive lineman, a young anything. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes more sense. My only point was, I just think they've. They have nobody whatsoever behind him. Stop. They didn't. I, it, well, they but, tried. They drafted the two guys. They did the T, the guy at a TCU and the, uh, you know, the guy from Oregon State. I just don't think either of them are good. So well, the, guy, the guy from Oregon State is, is an attack. He's a center or a guard. No, that, that's well, yeah. Although Howie will tell you, he played all five positions and did fine against DeForest Buckner in college. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> pull from the scout. I know. I'm just. I'm, I'm just, just saying. I mean, I agree. He's not a tackle. I'm just saying they tried to address the offensive line. I just don't think they did. Well, they did. They, they just didn't address, address tackle right away. I, I would have. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, that would be. I'm just worried that Jason Peters isn't going to make it through a year, and they're going to have to find somebody anyway. So yeah, like, I think we're on the same page. I just I would want a bit more of a price tag for him. It sounds like maybe than you would, but I think we're on. In well, I want some, of, no, I'm like I don't want a conditional bad pick. No, I, that's embarrassing. That, that that would be embarrassing for him, for me, for everybody. Right. Give me a player. I want a player from. I want another. I want a younger player. This team, yeah, the hard part would be finding a team that's willing to give you a valuable young player for him because all because of all the reasons you what just the guy was in your mind. Because he's not, you know, if a team, hey, it only takes one team. If one team still yeah. thinks St. Peters has, and they're desperate for offensive line help, and they think they can win this year, you might get something. It would probably have to be the right situation, right? Like a team needs a left tackle. They still think Peters could play, and they might have a guy buried on their depth chart at another right. position that you might like exactly. that's younger, right. and you're, maybe they'd, they'd be able to partner. All right, let's let's wrap with this before we um, we end episode 39 here. Wow, of, of our show here. Give me a player. Um, each of you, give me one player on this team that can improve the Eagles for this year. Cause I think both of your plans are kind of long-term, right? Like how to improve the Eagles in the long term for this year. If the Eagles are going to surprise or be better than all three of us think, cause I don't think any of us right now have them uh, probably with a winning record. Give me one player that the Eagles have to get more out of or more out of than they've given so far. Like a guy that has to break out type of thing. And if this guy does that, maybe, Maybe the Eagles are better this year than we think. All right, Mark, I'll let you go first because we just talked about my guy. So go ahead. I don't know who your guy is. Um, my, guy, my guy is Jason Peters. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Jason Peters. All right, here's why. Here's why I'll explain why. Because I think if he plays really well, 
it changes the whole complexion of the offensive line. And and I and I think if the offensive line is really good, the Eagles could make the playoffs. So my guy would be Jason Peters. Do you think he is though? No, but you're but Joe said if there was one guy that has to have a really good season for the Eagles to be good this year, I think it's Jason Peters. Oh well, I'll, but is it who we think or who who has? I'll say Sam. Going off that, I'll say Sam Bradford. That uh, makes Sam sense, Bradford. right? Well, but my counter to that would be I think Bradford has never played at a level where he can be a game changer. Whereas, well, we that's like, that was, again, what's the question? Do I what do I think or what do I what am I hoping for, so to speak? Because if Bradford has a well, great, the Eagles will be good. Well, I mean, that's I good. just I just well, I, I disagree with that. But go ahead. Well, you disagree with what? I I think if Bradford plays very good, I still don't think they're a playoff team. Whereas I think if the offensive line, like they run the ball really well and Bradford doesn't have to do as much, then I think they can run the ball with who? (laughs) Wendell Smallwood. Come on, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Hey, the the best running back from last year, Darren. If Sam, I mean, I don't think this has a chance of happening, but if Sam Bradford throws 35 touchdowns and five interceptions and throws for 4,400 yards and puts up crazy, they're going to be good. I don't care what anybody. Yeah, and that's, I mean, in a lot, in a lot of ways, our two are intertwined because my, yeah, you know, like that's why I wasn't going that way. I was going to tell you a guy I think could have a good year that month, and that's Jordan Hicks. I think if Jordan Hicks can stay healthy, that's a good one, and be the middle linebacker that he showed he has capabilities of being in the, the, the short span of time he played last year, that can make the defense a lot better. Sure. It's See, and that was my thing with Sam Bradford is I don't think either of us think it's even possible he'll play. And whereas I think I think there's a better chance Jason Peter plays mm. where everyone goes like, "Wow, he's playing way better than I thought." Like then, then well, although hope- they're so inter- they're so intertwined, just hope but Peter can turn the clock back. Yeah, I'm hoping Peters. I think if Peters can play at the level he did just even two years ago, yeah, which is which I is a long time in the NFL. I, <laughs> I just think if he can play at the level he did even two oh. years ago, then oh, I think the offensive line will be really. Good. I think the, I think I think I think all the other pieces fall into place. I, oh, what you're saying, I I can't disagree with. I just and I like Jason Peters as a guy, but I think his time is. I mean, the one guy, the one guy that's undefeated is, is Father Time. Yeah, Father Time is is ready to take Jason Peters down. And How Sam Bradford, yeah. Well, Sam <laughs> Bradford looked back. like oh, last year. Certainly uh, looked like last year with Jason Peters. All right, guys. So we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll debate more about the Eagles as we head towards the summer. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. Yep, no problem. Thanks, Mark. Save Fletcher Cox. <laughs> That's oh the title of this episode. Save <laughs> Fletcher Cox. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, if you like the show, you can rate us on iTunes. It helps the show grow. Uh, you can download on Stitcher, iTunes. We're now on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Any way you want to listen, you can listen to the No Huddle Show right here on NJ.com. Thanks for listening.